Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Corporate Job of Beekmanel, and today I'm joined not by Brandy Andy Datsun. No, no. I'm joined by Tempest, the wrestler. Also, this is just audio, so all the stuff that you're doing for people oh. to see, they, they won't see. Um, but yeah, hi, Tempest. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Andy, no, no for taking a vacation and allowing me to come on the show. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? Oh, I can't complain too much. You know, I saw SmackDown, which I don't normally watch, but mm-hmm. it was a it was a pretty all right show. We'll get into that in a little bit. But otherwise, I mean, hey, it's Saturday. My best yeah. one of my best friend's birthdays was a few days ago. So we're gonna have a little Zoom call later today and celebrate that. So lovely. I am just a spring chicken. Wow, that's much more uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? sprightly is that the word i'm looking for than we normally than me and andy normally are on the smackdowns so we're just like how you doing we're like oh man i'm tired like it's been a rough week like oh man um yeah you you come on in just a ray of positivity aren't you um well, I try. <laughs> you try um we've got uh an email to read out on the outro section of this podcast but for now let's just get into talking about smackdown so we're going to be the first thing we're going to be talking about the main thing is going to be about this whole edge Brian Reigns situation isn't actually going to turn into a triple threat of WrestleMania. Let's figure it out and talk about it. The first thing we're going to be talking about today, I've already seen some people in the chat talking about Reginald. No, no, that's later. We'll get to that. Um, but the uh, the first thing we're going to be talking about is this Edge, Brian, Rain stuff. Um, we will be getting through all your Ultra Chats as well today. So if you use the link that's down there, wrestletalk.com forward slash support, um, get in your Ultra Chats there. We'll be going through every single one of them before the show is out. Don't you worry. But first, let's talk about this Edge, Brian, Rain stuff. So it started off, the show started for the second week in a row. It didn't start with Roman Reigns. Mental. It's like the past, like, 
three months have just been Reigns opening the show, uh, but they're, they're learning, guys. Um, Edge comes out and cuts a promo, um, kind of like a rebuttal promo to what Daniel Bryan did last week, and just saying, like, I don't like the things you said about me. You said that you'd wrestled more more than me in the last three weeks than I have in the last three months, and then he kind of listed off. He's like, you don't think I deserve the spot at WrestleMania? Look at all these names that I faced, you weirdo. Also, I won the Royal Rumble. Kind of gives me a shot. That's what you'd get for winning the Rumble. Um, But the one thing that that stuck out to me from this promo, one, it was really good fire from Edge. That was a really well-delivered promo. Um, But also, it seems kind of weird because he's like, Brian went into business for himself and got himself a universal title match. I'm like, Edge, you're the ultimate opportunist, buddy. Do you, do you not remember all the things that you've done ever? Because that's kind of your whole character, bud. Um, which is what Daniel Bryan c- kind of came out and said. He came out and was just like, I thought you would have appreciated that being the ultimate op- opportunist. And if I went into business for myself, which he kind of didn't, he kind of just came out and said, I'd like a universal title match. And they went, all right. <laughs> I don't really class that as going into, bus- into business for yourself, but hey-ho. Um but I mean, the, the promos from both of them were well delivered. I thought there was a really good line at the very end with Edge, who said, um, I thought you were better than this, Brian, but you're not better than me. Which was like, okay, that's a really good line. I just wish that the the actual reason for their kind of tension made a little bit more sense. Because to me, I think it was a little bit awry this week. Yes, I would. Ha- I have to say, like these three guys, Edge, Roman, and Brian, are probably my three favorite WWE guys, like in general. And I agree. I think that the fire and delivery of the promos was very good. You know, I know Edge is like on another level when it comes to promos, especially in WWE compared to most of these guys. And Brian is one of the better promos that they have as well but I didn't really understand the content of a lot of this promo, you know, edge. Why does edge care about who he faces at WrestleMania? You know, in theory, this match between Roman and Brian at Fastlane isn't really affecting him in any way. So I could kind of, I understand him wanting to kind of like call out Brian and just be like, Hey, you talked about me. Now I'm going to talk about you, but I don't understand like, well, you did this the wrong way. You're better than this. I don't I don't get that. I don't understand mm-hmm. the reasoning. I don't understand the motivation behind Edge's words and actions. And it's tough. Like, I'm wearing an old Edge shirt here. This shirt's over 10 years old, but I wanted to put it on for this show. He's coming across a little bit like a heel. And I don't think that's the goal. I just think that in this promo and kind of throughout the show, he was kind of unlikable. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's the way they're going. It's going to be Edge versus Brian with Edge being the heel. No, I doubt it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. It's been a bit weird because the thing that Edge was initially annoyed about was when when they first said that the fast lane match was going to happen between Brian and Reigns was Edge was saying, well, I won the Rumble. Why does Brian get a title shot before me? And it's like, well, winning the Rumble doesn't get you the next shot. Winning the Rumble gets you a shot at WrestleMania. So like that, it never, it never like quite like clicked for me why Edge is annoyed at Brian. Because to me, it feels like they they want tension between Edge and Brian, and it just feels kind of very manufactured and kind of they they haven't really fleshed out the reason 
why Edge is really annoyed. Um, and, you know, maybe if they explored that more and went on with, like, you know, Edge feels like he could beat Roman more than he could beat Brian, and he wants to face Roman at Mania, and he, he doesn't he doesn't appreciate Brian trying to change his plans or whatever, you know, maybe just explore that a little bit more so it makes a little bit more sense. Because to me, I think it was a little bit off for this one. But yeah. Yes, I, I think that there are definitely ways to make this make sense. Mm. But to me, you have to establish that Edge really wants to face Roman at WrestleMania. And therefore, Daniel Bryan is kind of like messing up his plan. But so far, we really haven't seen Edge have that big of a reason to want to face Roman at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, they've had some interactions. Edge has gotten speared and will want some revenge for that and everything. But in terms of like deeper, more personal stuff, like why does Edge care who he faces at WrestleMania? His goal was just to win back the title that he never lost. And in theory, you can do that either way. So I'm just kind of lost as to why he cares so much about this Mm -hmm. whole thing. That being said, if you could just say that he has like a deeply personal rivalry with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan is like, no, my title, I need to get in there. That's going to be my title. And Edge is like, get out of here. I don't want to deal with you right now. That makes a lot more sense, but I don't think they've illustrated that properly. Yeah. Again, it, it comes back to the problem that I keep coming back to on the last few weeks of SmackDown is that I feel like there is a story there. They just haven't told it. And it's like they, they've kind of told half a story and then gone, well, you figure out the rest. And it's like, well, no, you need to do that for us. Um, you need to help us connect the dots. Um, but yeah, so that was the uh, the opening segment. Um, there was also a we'll talk about this as well because it influences the, the main event segment as well. There was a segment with uh, Jay Uso backstage. He was going to go and see Roman. There was like the, the chain room with head of the table across across it and went up and Paul Heyman, a great delivery on the promo, just being like, hey, have you um you spoken to Roman since like last last week? You know, when you lost in the cage match. Uh, Jay was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're cool. It's fine. And he's like, well, you know, you know, you know how it is. It's Fridays. You know, he's stressed out, you know, all that stuff. Um, basically saying. Roman doesn't want to see you get out of here. Um, and Jay was like, oh, you know, I've, I've got my own business I'm going to go take care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no worries. We'll, we'll just catch up later. Um, it, I, I liked it from the fact that there was at least some sort of recognition that Jay messed up last week because he lost. Um, wasn't super followed through on for the rest of the show, but I liked that there was at least this recognition of Jay lost and Roman's not happy about it. So I thought it was yes. fine. I always like them using details and we'll see this later in the main event segment, but details that have happened in this story, not being forgotten about because it's very easy for WWE to just be like, well, that show happened last week and people have forgotten about it. So let's just move on and never address it. I like that. They are kind of alluding to, well, if Jey Uso doesn't do his job, Roman is not going to be happy. And that's Mm -hmm. a big, that's a big pillar of the relationship between the two that, Jay wants seems to want Roman's approval and Roman is a heel. So having this happen on this show, I think is good. But again, I would have liked to have seen it more throughout the show or in the main event segment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this led into another backstage segment later on, uh, which was uh, Jay Uso running into Edge backstage. Um, and the pair of them, I quite liked the tone shift here because normally when you see Jay Uso on SmackDown, he's very fired up, shouting a lot, ready to just do whatever he needs to do for for Roman and stuff. But on this one, he looked a little bit like dejected. 
and he basically just had a very candid conversation with Edge. Edge being like, hey, man, you know, we, we used to, to wrestle. You were part of the reason. What's going on? What's happening with you and Roman? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? And uh, after he kind of just tried to make Jay see sense, essentially, he, um, Jay was like, don't talk like you know me. Not in like an aggressive way. It wasn't like, oh, don't talk like you know me. It was more just like, man, like, you, you don't get it. Um, my family runs this place. I, I've got to do what I got to do. And hey, maybe you should go back to your family because when Roman gets his hands on you, you're not going to like any of this. Um, and it just felt like it was very like thinly veiled threats, but very calmly delivered and just having a conversation, um, which I, I thought was really nice. It was very, very cool tone shift. It kind of gave a different feel to the promo itself. That was really good. Yeah, no, I really like this segment because you know that deep down, like at some point, Jey Uso is going to turn on Roman or there's going to be a split happening there. So it's like deep down, Jay is a baby face and you know that, but he's on the heel side right now. And I really do like him just kind of saying like, because we've all had that where someone that you don't really know tries to give you advice and you're just kind of like, you don't know me like that. Like, mind your business, basically. Mm-hmm. And like Edge is trying to do right by Jey Uso and be like, hey, what are you doing? Like you're being used here, whatever. But again, Jay, this is a family thing. And if you're having trouble with a brother or a cousin and someone from the outside that doesn't know you tries to tell you how to deal with your family, you're probably going to be like, like, you don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. Mind your business, which is exactly what happened here. And I really enjoyed that part of it. But uh I don't know. I also just kind of didn't like Edge in this segment too because I do feel more so... I have more of an attachment character-wise right now to Jay than Edge. So I empathize with Jay's character and being like, you don't know me, don't try and act like you know me. I'm very. Tr- I'm trying very hard not to make a you-think-you-know-me joke. You-think-you-know-me? Yeah, 100%. I, was I can't there. believe yeah. it hadn't come up yet. Yeah, But I feel a lot more for his character than Edge's right now. So when Edge is kind of being like a manipulator, but as a baby face, there's a bit of a disconnect there. Like if he Mm -hmm. was a heel and trying to split up the family, I think that would make a lot more sense. But him doing it as a good guy being like, just looking out for you, man. I don't know. That's something about that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it was it was it was good. But also just again, felt a little bit off. It's like the opening promo was like it was really good. But also there was just something holding it back on that one. Um, but this all led into the uh, the main event segment, which was a contract signing between Reigns and Brian for their universal title match at Fastlane because Brian beat Jay last week. Uh, Brian cut a really good promo here, I thought, because he came out. Reigns tried to back out of, the, uh, of signing the contract, being like, well, you know, last week I was on board. This week, I'm not. I'm not going to sign it. I don't want to. End of story. We're not having this match anymore. Um... But Brian essentially goads him into it. Um, and the one line that really kind of like flipped it and I thought was an absolute money line in this promo was really, really good was Brian just being like, hey, last week I did something you never could. I made Jey Uso quit. And I was like, oh, he never made Jey Uso quit. It was like, I was like, one, that's a really good line. Two, I was like, oh my God, they're referencing continuity in the storyline. Amazing. And also three, I'm like, oh my God, I, I didn't even... You know, obviously I knew that Jay Uso never quit, but I never like processed that Brian making Jay tap last week was the first time that Jay had quit kind of thing. 
which is really, really interesting. So that line and Roman's face just sold it perfectly of him. Like he was kind of like being relaxed, cocky, you know, whatever. As soon as he said that line, he kind of just like, oh, you done messed up, boy. And he just like literally like face just like dropped. And Brian was just kind of just continued to goad him into it and just kept chatting and chatting and chatting. And Roman was eventually like, fine, you want this? Fine, fine I'll do it. Fine. I'm signing a contract. Um, and then, yeah, um, which I thought was really good. And then after that, uh, Brian continues to just kind of trash talk Jay because he beat him last week. Jay Jay gets fired up and just chucks the table out the ring, which I thought was great. He just picks up the table and just yeet out the ring, which is awesome. Um, and then uh, and then Brian and and Jay gets fired up, gets into Brian's face. It's been like, enough of the disrespect. I think this match needs a special enforcer and uh, to make sure everything goes smoothly in the ring. And I think that guy's me. Um, Edge then came out. Um, and then said, hey, that's a really good idea. Also, Adam Pierce was in the ring, just for authority figures don't exist. Um, Edge came out and was like, that's a really good idea. Um, but it should be me. So, hey, Adam Pierce, why don't we make a match for next week? Me versus Jay Uso, whoever wins is going to be the special enforcer at Fastlane in the match. And he goes, that's a great idea. We will do that. And then everyone got in the ring, and then they all led into a big brawl. But the interesting bit of this, you'd expect it to go. Edge and Brian um, beat up Jay and Roman, and then they stand tall to end the show. That's not what happened. Everyone got into a brawl, and then Brian and Edge both tried to attack Reigns. Edge chucked Brian out the way, and then Brian hit Edge with a running knee, and then stood tall to end the show, which is very different. So now, this really feels like, with the tension that they're brewing between Brian and Edge, it really feels like they're building to a triple threat. It... I don't know whether I want it or not. It feels like that should be the the right direction based on the story they're telling right now. But I don't know if it's the right choice for the best story. Does that make sense? It 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 makes sense. Yes, I know what you're saying. Typically, I would always go with a one-on-one match over a three-way or a four-way or anything like that. Just because it it makes for a better story most of the time. Mm-hmm. One guy beats the other. You know that guy's better than the other, etc. I had like a full thing written down here about how I really don't like how Daniel Bryan is like very clearly the top baby face and one of the best wrestlers in WWE. And he gets positioned as like the top baby face going into the main event of WrestleMania. And then he doesn't get to be in the title match at WrestleMania. And if this happens again, this will be the third time that this happens because it happened in 2015 where after the Royal Rumble, he was like, I want the shot against Brock Lesnar. And he had the match with Roman Reigns lost and then was in like the ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Just they yeah. had no plans for him. And mm-hmm. then it happened last year with him facing the Fiend up to the Royal Rumble and then losing to the Fiend and being like, uh, Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania, I guess. And I'm really worried that this is going to happen again for a third time where He's in the biggest storyline on SmackDown. He's probably the best babyface on SmackDown. And obviously, like, he's beloved. It's Daniel Bryan. But if Roman Reigns just beats him and we get a one-on-one match with with Edge, like, that's going to leave Daniel Bryan kind of out just in no man's land again for WrestleMania? Maybe he'll face the new Intercontinental Champion Apollo Crews. Oh, my God. God, talk about a <laughs> random SmackDown match to just put on the card at WrestleMania. But mm. in terms of the actual segment itself, I thought that, again, the content was very good. I mean, the delivery was very good. I really liked how Daniel Bryan 
used long-term storytelling to get Roman Reigns to agree to that. Shocking. Long-term storytelling works. But I don't know. I think I would have just liked to have seen like a little bit more back and forth before Roman did it. I don't know. Yeah. This felt a little bit rushed. A little bit. A little Uh, bit. Because when when Edge was coming out, he kind of cut the promo and said to Adam Pearce as he was walking to the ring, he was like, oh yeah, also I want to be Special Forcer. Adam, how about that for a match? As he was walking to the ring, it, it felt kind of rushed up. And then it was just a very, very quick brawl, like 10 seconds. And then it was knee to edge and then that's it. Um, so yeah, maybe it was a little bit rushed. Maybe they overran with something, and and yeah, maybe it was a bit too condensed. Maybe there was supposed to be a bit more back and forth, but it yeah. was still okay. It it was it was interesting because like I mean I think the show ended for me at least like three minutes early, so mm. it doesn't feel like they were at risk of overrunning or anything, but it definitely yeah. felt rushed. Um, I also found it very strange. Like, why would Adam Pierce want a special enforcer? Like. This this is an overall problem when it comes to like special referees and everything because I can understand a heel authority figure trying to put a wrestler in that position to be like hey, hey, hey you have to decide who you're gonna face at WrestleMania or something like that but what's wrong with the regular referee and I know like special enforcer is gonna be on the outside but that almost just guarantees that there's gonna be some tomfoolery here. You know, yeah. and as an authority figure, that's probably the opposite of what you would want. What do you mean, authority figure? They don't exist in WWE. Remember? Oh no, I'm I'm sorry, I forgot. We are the authority. Uh, of course, yeah. Yes, I don't. I would really love to know what Adam Pierce's title is. What do they keep calling it? Just is it WWE official Adam Pierce? That's it. Is that does he have a desk at Titan Tower that just has <laughs> WWE official on the little? <laughs> little black thingy that sits at the front of his desk i need to know this also andy datson one out of five show needs more reginald hey andy vacation one go be on holiday for the fourth time today kept talking on discord today go be on holiday you nutter also it wasn't a one out of five show also it doesn't need more reginald god we we will get to that in a bit um very quickly before we get into some ultra chats here um uh just want to say that i think the whole special enforcer thing here's what i think is going to happen uh, my prediction for fast lane is that uh edge will win against jay so next week he'll be the special enforcer and in the match jay is going to come out anyway he and edge are going to get into a brawl and they're going to cancel each other out maybe they brawl to the back maybe they take each other out in the thunderdome something Jimmy Uso comes back and helps Reigns uh, retain over Brian, and I he like joins that. up. Yeah, that that's what I think is going to happen. That's my that's my prediction for Fastlane. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Let's see what you guys thought of it. Let's get into some of your ultra chats here. Um, Greg Murphy comes in to say, yes, for triple threat. I loved most of the SmackDown segments. Uh, some great promos, particular Big E, Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman, all great. In-ring action was fun, but those Reginald segments are up there with the worst I've ever seen on TV. Scarily unentertaining. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. But yes, uh, glad you're on board for the triple threat. Um yeah, it, yeah, it's not going to be a bad match if they make the triple threat for Mania. It's not going to be bad. It's just whether it's the best thing for them. Yes, I, I had we had mentioned this together just talking before the, the show started, how to me, that kind of is the crux of whether I like what they're doing right now, because so much of the interaction on this show in particular was between Edge, Roman and Brian in a three way angle. And if that doesn't lead to a three-way match. It just kind of feels like they're spinning their tires, like, you know, just kind of running in place until we get to WrestleMania, or at least until WrestleMania is the next pay-per-view that we can build to. And it it doesn't feel necessarily like that's what's going to happen. You know, I'm pretty sure we're still going to get Edge versus Roman at WrestleMania. I'm not going to put good Louis Dangor money on it, but that's probably the direction. I it just, just feels like idea. they're... Yeah, it feels like they're running a triple threat angle and not leading to a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. I had another idea, which is going to be Edge versus Roman. Daniel Bryan, special guest referee for the match. Because oh. it's going to be, is he going to call it down the middle? How will he it. coexist with both of them? Ooh, don't want that. Um, I don't like it. I don't no. like that idea. Uh, Benny Boy 4 says, uh, so if it's a triple threat, does that mean Louis was right? He did put good money on it. No, he's not right. He said this on Twitter that technically he'd be right if it became a triple threat because he said it wouldn't be Edge versus Roman. No, because what he was disputing was that Edge was choosing Roman. Edge still would have chosen Roman. He's still wrong. Do not give him the satisfaction of him being right. We can, I cannot think of how smug he'd be. He can't be right for my own sanity, please. Um, Matthew Robinson said, great to see you guys. Uh, so for a second there though, uh, 
for a second there, thought the ending was going to be as bad as Brian beating up Jay, playing second fiddle to Edge and Roman, but then it got better with Brian kicking Edge. Though thought for a second WWE was going to mess up. Well, we didn't see that. And no. again, I I would love to see an Edge Daniel Bryan singles match at some point. I don't know if that's going to happen. Like maybe if Edge wins the title, which I'm not advocating for. He's my favorite wrestler ever, but I, I mean, come on, Roman Reigns is just elite right now if edge wins i could see daniel bryan being his first challenger and maybe that's where they're going with this again not what i would do but it definitely seems like a possibility yep absolutely uh matthew mccoffsky said uh that triple threat would be fire don't get me wrong uh, but wouldn't it be another charlotte in 2019 situation edge and roman have a killer story and could be a great main event i don't know we shall see what happens i'm fine either way i prefer a one versus one though i will say it's not quite the same as the charlotte one because it's not vince mcmahon coming out and just going and now charlotte's here which was i think the biggest gripe with that was it was so ham-fisted and didn't make any sense. Whereas this Brian stuff does have some storyline continuities to why it could make sense. So I don't think it's quite the se- to the same degree as the Charlotte situation. Also, we like Daniel Bryan. Yeah, there's also that. Yeah, because we really didn't want Charlotte in that match. The vast majority, I should say, of people didn't want Charlotte in that match. Um Alexander Renaissance says, uh, great name. Uh, I think the reason why Edge uh, may be upset is because Edge wants to face Roman more than facing Daniel Bryan. Uh, The why is very vague and the storytelling has not been clear. How would you both tell it differently uh, within the time from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania? Um, Just make that more overt. That's that's basically it. If you want to tell the story that like Edge has to face Roman, Roman is the guy he wants. That's fine. But so far, the only motivation we've got from Edge is I want to win the title back that I never lost which is about the title, not the person. So just you can do the same stories that they're doing, just make that more obvious is the only difference really that they have to make. Yeah, they need to give Edge a reason to want to face Roman specifically. And that means that Roman has to do something especially dastardly to Edge. Because, I mean, we saw in the lead up, the only thing that really set him apart is like Roman speared Edge one time. Because otherwise, Edge had gone and he had talked to to Drew McIntyre and he talked to Finn Balor. But nothing really set that apart. But he chose Roman, I guess, just because of the spear. But that's not enough to make a real, like, emotional connection to the storyline. So if you are going to go that direction, which they are, you need to be able to just hammer that home a lot more. Like, Roman has to do more. He needs to just beat the tar out of Edge. Take him around the Thunderdome. Like, have Jey Uso bring Jimmy in, let Paul Heyman get a few shots, like just gang beat down on edge, like really make you feel like edge needs to get his revenge on Roman. And that hasn't happened. So fingers crossed. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. I'm, I'll talk about this more later about the whole show, but it did kind of feel like a lot of it was just kind of keeping the wheels spinning until after fast lane. And then Mm -hmm. maybe they have something, they don't have anything planned. Let's be real. But then it feels like they might do more stuff after fast in the lead up to mania maybe um couple more quick ones matthew robinson said uh, don't you don't you guys know fast lane's the biggest show of the year so daniel bryan is the perfect challenger omg let there be a triple threat glad you're on board yeah i'm sure it'll be a great match um garrett albright said uh, do you think they can make it a triple threat at mania as a way to put the title on edge without beating roman it has that's entirely possible entirely possible 
hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Don't know how I feel about Daniel Bryan finally getting to main event WrestleMania since WrestleMania thirty, and it's to take the pin. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. See, I really just want Roman to be champion for like a year and a half. Mm. Like, hold it until next year's WrestleMania because. I love Edge with all my heart. I have a tattoo of his logo. Love him. I love Daniel Bryan, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I want to see Roman hold the title more. He's just a more interesting character than either of them right now. And it's mm-hmm. that's a little disappointing as someone who loves both of those guys. But right now, the best champion for SmackDown and WWE right now, it's Roman. Just keep yeah. the title on him for as long yeah. as possible. And- and the thing with Roman as well is that his character kind of dictates that he needs the title because it doesn't really mm. work if he doesn't have it. Because um, the whole point of it is that he runs the show and he is the big the big man. And if he doesn't have the title, then you just end up with someone like King Corbin who says he runs the show and is the king and has no proof of that anywhere at all. It's, yeah, it becomes a bit of a massive disconnect. We need to say thank you to some very special people. Those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on WrestleTalk's Patreon page. Uh, if you haven't been to WrestleTalk's Patreon page yet, you should. Um, the poll has closed for WrestleTalk Extra. So Ollie and Luke will be reviewing WrestleMania 19 for WrestleTalk Extra, which will be coming out hopefully by the end of next week. Um, so go and check out the Patreon page to keep up to date and know first when that goes live. But for now, if you pledge at the $25 or above amount, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to the Shruck Master, Austin Shruck. Woo! Thank you very much. Woo! You want to do the next one? Oh, yes. I didn't realize we would be alternating. Uh, yes. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zimajewski. That's not a bad attempt. Love it. Thank you very much. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Woo! Thank you very much. J.K. Simmons? Is that you? <laughs> I love Whiplash. I really love your work. We've got Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Yes, we do. Infinite Crisis. Thank you very much. Good comic. We've got uh, moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Woo! Thank you very much. We've got We're Going on a Brian Huntley. We are. We are going on a Brian Huntley. Thank you very much. Yanni Zane Hamid. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I love that, Yanni Zane. Thank you. Great wrestler on SmackDown. The yeah. Harbinger, Doom Lion. Hell yeah. Barriest of Harbinger's all lions. coming. It's the great. Doom Lion. Exactly. Full of flavor, Sean Blanford. Thank I don't know if much. I like that one. That mm. one's a little, a little worrisome. <laughs> We've got always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Yeah. I like that. Always clever. leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Thank you very much. Marcus, he's got soul. Campbell, that's a football joke for everyone. That's great. Thank you very much. I'm guessing that is uh, not American football, and therefore Correct. I would not understand it. And Correct. we've got finally, here comes the money, Fred Buckland. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of our pledge hammers on Patreon. Really do appreciate it. Patreon.com slash WrestleTalk if you're interested.
But for now, let's get into talking about the rest of SmackDown. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I will be talking about Reginald. But we'll get, we'll get there, okay? Um, after that opening uh, segment with uh, Edge and Brian, uh, we then had an eight-man tag, which was, firstly, a really fun match. However, there is something we need to address first, because it was the Street Profits and the two Mysterios. Uh, that's what I'm calling him now. Du- Duo Mysterio, sure, let's go with that, versus the Dirty Dogs of Rude and Ziggler uh, and the Alpha Academy, Gable and Otis. Now, for those of you who are paying attention, Otis is teaming with Dolph Ziggler. And if you were b- paying attention to WWE last year, Otis and Ziggler had a months-long feud that culminated in a WrestleMania singles match that was probably the most well, not the most well-received, the most built story going into WrestleMania last year. They had a really good feel-good moment. Otis finally getting on top of the world, and he hates Ziggler, and Ziggler tried to like screw him over multiple times, and it was a whole thing, and he hated him for ages. They teamed here. Not a single mention of that entire history. We praised them earlier for referencing the whole Jey Uso didn't quit thing before. Great long-term continuity. This is a serious lack of it. And even if they'd have done a tiny little thing, like if they were in Gorilla and Otis was giving dagger eyes to Ziggler and Chad had to be like, hey, 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 no, it's okay. I know you guys have got your history, but we have to get along tonight to beat these four. That's all you need. That's all you needed to do. And they just didn't. And it just, it makes me mad because they just go, well, they're friends now. They're heels. Hate it. It's really annoying. Like, Yes, I completely I completely agree. This to me is an egregious lack of detail and lack of continuity and on WWE's part. I even if they had just said it on commentary, like, oh, these guys, they gotta work together. We know the history between them and everything. But this was also kind of a theme throughout the show as well. Because not only that, but Chad Gable and Bobby Roode are former tag team champions in WWE. I forgot about them no mention like God. and this has been happening for so long like i remember one of the first times i saw this was uh like randomly this is gonna be a, a very small tangent but like cm punk and kofi kingston were tag team champions once upon a time mm-hmm. and a year a year later cm punk was like the biggest heel in the company straight edge society hated everything was the most despicable person and they wrestled each other at survivor series and not one time did they mention that Kofi Kingston at the time, this like main event level babyface, and CM Punk, this main event level heel, no mention of them being tag team champions. It's just so baffling to me. Like, you want, they have a really hard time coming up with long term storytelling. So when it happens to them by accident and just be like, oh, here's something that we can point to that shows long term effort, like, hey, look. They're tagging again. They were tag team champions. Even if there isn't a ton of interaction between them in the match, that's something that the commentary can point to and be like, oh, look at these guys. Are they going to be able to work together? They haven't teamed in a long time. Oh, there's something there. And it's just missing from that. And I don't know if I blame WWE or the commentary specifically or both, but it's really irritating to me. Yeah, it is quite annoying. Um, Having said that, this match was really fun. Yeah, good match, though. Really good match. <laughs> like, it started off pretty hot um, because the the four heels and 
yes, Otis is a heel now. For anyone who's still questioning that, for whatever reason, Otis is a heel. Um, the four heels took out the four baby faces as they were making their entrance, so they got all fired up. And it started really hot, and it just kind of carried on. There was some really cool spots, really nice pacing, um, decent psychology through the match, and it just had a really nice uh, climactic finish, tightly sex tape, that kind of just rose to a nice crescendo. And just, yeah, it was just a really nice finishing sequence. It just ended really nicely. Montez Ford hit a big old frog splash, and he did his old switcheroo direction in midair thing that he does. It's great um, to pin Bobby Roode. Thought it's really good. Really good match. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to complain about just like WWE eight man tags should be on every show. They're always fun, especially when you've got guys like this. Like, everyone there is a good worker, and that's really important. You know, it's not like when you had Baron Corbin and his band of merry men, and you can just kind of get lost in the monotony of, of these random, nameless, faceless heels. It was a lot of fun. Because, again, you've got the Mysterios, and everyone loves them, and they're fun. The Street Profits are a lot of fun. And you've got people on the other side that are, Otis is big, and can be the the wall to, to catch Dominic Mysterio as he goes for a crossbody. And you've also got Chad Gable, who's really small. You know, he's so small, Pete. Remember he's that. Not, he's, he's... He's not that he's small. So, God. He's so small. Winds but you have up. a good you have a good blend of of people on the other side to bump for the baby faces. And that's good. I did think that that Ray in particular, when he was working with Gable, was a little sloppy in this match. They they their timing just kind of seemed to be off in a few places. Yeah. And I found that a little surprising. I would have thought, and again, it's an eight-man tag. There's a lot going on. If if Ray Mysterio and Chad Gable had a singles match, I'm sure it would be like phenomenal. But yeah. uh yeah, I don't know. Just kind of stuck out to me. Yeah, uh, I I mentioned this to you before we uh before we were recording earlier, but I felt a little bit burnt out on wrestling yesterday. Um, so I went and I just wanted to watch something that I just really liked about wrestling, like a, a cool entrance or a cool match or something that I just really wanted to enjoy. And I'd be like, this is why I bloody love wrestling. Um, so I went to NXT Takeover Dallas, watched Sami sure. Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Great stuff. Loved it. Magic, that match. One of my favorite matches of all time. While I was there, I was like, well, let me watch the uh, American Alpha versus Revival, uh, the opener of TakeOver Dallas. Great match. Match that made me fall in love with wrestling. I watched the opening sequence of that, and I was like, how do you have Chad Gable on your roster and not think he can do anything? The man's a genius. Oh, man. What a wrestler Chad Gable is. Really hope he gets to do some more stuff soon, whether it's in WWE with the rumors of him, his contract expiring, going to AEW or whatever it may be. I just want to see him wrestle more because he's so good at it. God, yeah. he's to great. me, he's he's a prime example of like a WWE creation because he didn't have like the extensive uh, independent career that a guy like Cesaro has that everyone loves because you can point to Cesaro's work on the indies and be like, look, we know he's good. Look at this. Chad Gable's just really good. And he came through the WWE system and he's still really good. But it also means that he doesn't, aside from that like year in NXT where he was with American Alpha, he doesn't have that like really impressive body of work where if he left WWE forever, you could point to all of his great matches and be like, oh, what a great run this was. Because it was just NXT. If he goes to New Japan or to like any promotion, really anywhere where he can just go and wrestle. 
oh my god he's just a home run just in every yeah. sense of the word. he's charismatic he's funny he's a good talker and he's an amazing wrestler like what more could you want other than the guy being like six inches taller he, he's not even that short though he's like five eight that's not that short that's like what slightly shorter than daniel bryan like come on he's about the same height as daniel bryan honestly yeah that's bonkers anyway really fun match uh then we had uh jay was backstage with paul Heyman. uh we then had seth rollins backstage and for some reason kayla braxton was like here's this video package of you getting swung by cesaro and he was like why did you play that um and then he was uh, a bit annoyed about that and he was saying i'm done with cesaro don't care about him anymore he's a waste of potential what a loser hate that guy and then kayla braxton said he's got a rematch with murphy tonight and rollins went a rematch hmm and then walked off. Um, one, why do Murphy and Cesaro have a rematch? Cesaro beat him in like two minutes last week. Clean. Um, doesn't make any sense. Don't get me wrong. Love Cesaro. Love Murphy. Think they could steal the show if given like a pay-per-view match spotlight kind of thing. Sure, I'd love to see more matches from them. Doesn't mean they get away with just having nonsensical rematches all the time. No point in that. Um, yeah. Didn't get didn't get why they had a rematch at all. Really. No. This this to me is one of the ways that WWE's shows all kind of A blend together and B are never really that exciting. Like you don't look forward to these shows because odds are you'll have seen all the matches already. And that's mm-hmm. really frustrating because again, I would love to see Cesaro and Murphy in a big match and be excited for that. But when I saw it last week and it wasn't anything special. Why would I be excited for it again? Especially yeah. when there's no significant reason as to why they're wrestling again. It's just yeah. like, like you have so many guys, so many guys on your roster. You can mix it up a little bit. Doesn't have yeah. to be the same every week. Copy paste. Let's change a couple things here and there. There you go. Show's done. Um, We are going to have to pick up the pace here because we still got a whole Reginald to talk about um oh, so yeah it was uh we'll talk about cesaro and murphy now um rollins came out and watched the match uh from the ramp on a chair um for some reason the camera really wound me up in this match there were so many jump cuts i know it's a common wwe thing but in this match in particular it really annoyed me um so it was a fun little match between cesaro and murphy but it was pretty much the same as last week they did some moves cesaro started doing the swing but that's when rollins came in attacked cesaro and hit him with a couple stomps for a dq finish um it was fine it was fine it it continued their feud added a little bit more some more seth rollins physicality and he stood tall for once which was good yep it was fine it was good it it was cool it was fine i did write write one small note here that i love wwe's Mm -hmm. 8k camera when the guys are doing the the walk down the ramp for the soul well a it looks really great but also it means that they can't do 17 camera cuts during their entrance. They have mm. to just stay on them for that period of time. Yeah. And those five seconds are the calmest, most lovely time during the whole show. It's great, isn't it? Um, okay. I think it's time. Uh, I think it's time we talk about Reginald. <laughs> I don't want to. I know, but we have to. Okay, so we'll talk about all the segments here. And there's a lot of them, so bear with me. So we had a recap of all the Reginald stuff from last week, with him getting fired by Carmella, getting slapped by Banks, and then Nia Jax calling him cute. Great. 
then the commentary team said Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler took Reginald on a shopping spree. And I went, what? Why would they? What? And wouldn't you know it, they took Reginald on a shopping spree. I'm going to... Let's break this down. So, <laughs> they they took Reginald out on a shopping spree. Shayna Baszler was all of us in this whole segment, by the way. She was super bored, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting on a chair, on her phone, not paying attention. That's a mood right there. I believe that's what the kids are saying these days. Right? Nia Jax takes Reginald suit shopping. So he is like trying on all these different suit outfits and occasionally doing some flips in them for reasons, you know, as you do Mm -hmm. on a shopping spree, totally. Eventually, this segment goes on for so long, by the way, of him literally just trying on different suits and Nia Jax going, oh yeah, that one's great. Work it or whatever the hell she said. And then he does some flips. And then eventually he finds a really good suit and then he does a backflip. And then she goes, that's great. And then Reginald sits on her lap like she's Santa Claus, like he's asking what he wants for Christmas. And then he says, how can I ever repay you? And Nia Jax has like a little like girly giggle as it zooms into Nia Jax's face. And then the segment ends. It's it. This is up there. It's like the worst of WWE commentary, like comedy. It's not. It's not like the karaoke segment. Comedy, comedy. That's so I'm generous. Not, What's I'm funny about this? I'm not saying it's good comedy. God. Jack and was, Jill is considered funny. a comedy. It's still bad. God. It's not funny. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Sorry. Carry on. I just got bad. No, it's okay. I mean, that was basically this whole segment, but it keeps going. It keeps going. <laughs> There's so much more Reginald on this show. So and don't don't mind me. I'm keeping count of something, and I'll I'll let mm-hmm. you know what that is in okay. a in a short while. Okie dokie. Um. So then later on, right? The the one positive I had in my head, I was like, okay, at least Reginald isn't getting involved with the whole Bianca Belair Sasha Banks thing. And I know they've still got a tag title match at Fastlane, but once that's done, they can just focus on the SmackDown Women's Championship match that they should have always had, where it's just those two trying to be the best. That's fine. Great. Then we had the KO show later on. Kevin Owens was there. And it was Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks were his two guests. They came out and cut the exact same promo that they've been cutting for a month where Sasha Banks says, I'm the boss. And then Bianca says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm the EST. That's basically it. And then they just kind of repeat it, but change the odd word here and there. And then just say, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. It's, It's really boring. I don't know how they've managed to make it boring, but they've made it boring somehow. I hated this segment. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really bad. Really bad. What, a, fu- a quick funny note. I was mm. really prepared to, to whip out the, the fact check sign, but I had to mm. rewind and double check myself because Kevin Owens said, 
Uh, I thought he had said that the only time two people have wrestled at WrestleMania while being tag champions was John Cena and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23. And I was going to be like, ha ha, you fool. There's also Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 21. But I did go back and check and he said wrestle for a title while mm. being tag champions. So, okay, Kevin Owens, you'll win this time. If that is yep. your real name, <laughs> even though it's not. But I can't comprehend. Everyone wanted to see this match. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair was the match coming out of Royal Rumble where everyone was like, that's WrestleMania. That needs to main event WrestleMania. It's going to be great. Everyone's on board. How do you... It's not that hard to make people excited for a match they're already excited for. They don't need to be a tag team. I really don't like the trend of, oh, the two baby faces are just going to, to team up until WrestleMania. We saw the same thing with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura heading into WrestleMania 34, where mm-hmm. it was a match everyone wanted to see. All you had to do was kind of give like an emotional reason for them to wrestle aside from the title. But for God's sake, just get out of your own way, guys. Yeah, legit. Additionally, I thought Sasha Banks in this segment was really unlikable. They're yeah. kind of, they're both baby faces, and I don't really like either of them right now. They're both just kind of being annoying to each other. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't mm-hmm. like any of this. I, I will say in fairness, I feel like Sasha is playing the heel role. She's still a baby face, but she is playing the heel out of the two of them, which I think makes it a little bit more excusable. Um, but yeah, it wasn't great. Um, but then, segment definitely didn't end there, because... It then uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Reginald came out after the interrupting the KO show, which I guess just signals the end of the KO show because then it transitioned into a tag team match with Natalia and Tamina versus Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. In theory, fine. Not great. Mm-hmm. Fine. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks are teaming and they're going for the women's tag titles at Fastlane next Sunday. Fine, they can have a tag match. You know what isn't fine? Everything else. Natalia and Tamina now have matching gear. Plus one tag team points. Good job, guys. Um, Reginald. Reginald, in this match, at random points, would just get up on the commentary table and just show off his new suit that Nia Jax bought him. Why? <laughs> I don't know. He just did. And it he wasn't it like, like he was... did it like three times! Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like he was trying to like be distracting. No, he was just showing off the suit. Because he could, right? And then... Sasha, eventually, on the third or fourth time of Reginald doing this, got distracted by him, and then climbed up on the commentary table with him. Why? What are you doing, you madman? She gets distracted by Reginald. Bianca Belair gets distracted by Sasha being distracted by Reginald. And then Tamina rolls up Bianca Belair and wins. Tamina. There's nobody meaner. Tamina rolls up Bianca Belair and wins. Okay. And this isn't even a thing of like, I'm a huge fan of Bianca Belair and I'm not a huge fan of Tamina. 
Taking all of that aside, there is part of that. Taking all that aside, that still doesn't make any sense. Bianca Belair won the Women's Royal Rumble. She's going to be challenging for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And it's not even like, you know, Sasha turned on her and attacked her and left her laying so that, you know, Tamina picked up the pieces or anything like that. You can have a loss make sense. This isn't it. How can you have one of your top matches, like you said, that people wanted to see main event at WrestleMania and just systematically just chip away at everyone's excitement with every week. And they just have her lose and lose and lose. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Fact Checker. I don't think Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks have won a match as a tag team. Oh, they, I think they've lost four straight. It's like, like, A, why are they getting another goddamn title shot? I thought I that was a story. I thought that was a story that they were telling with Adam Pearce screwing uh, Dakota, uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, and they teased it last week, and then nothing this week. I... There's a lot here. There's a lot here to There's try and lot. dissect, and I'm going to try and do it quickly. First, I don't like that they're a tag team, but they're both baby faces for... If this show takes place in a vacuum, like you said, fine. I'm okay with that. I know that WWE doesn't think that wins and losses matter but wins and losses do matter and i don't want to see the women's champion and her royal rumble winning challenger lose <laughs> and they just keep losing and if it's not even like they're losing to the tag team champions which mm -hmm. they have done At and will do again yeah. mm, will they will they I tempest I'm putting good Louis Dangor money on. <laughs> I don't think they're winning the tag titles. You, you never know. There's still more know. ways they can screw up this WrestleMania match. And having them be tag champions going into it is definitely a way to screw it up. That being said, <laughs> why are you having Tamina of <laughs> all people pin Bianca Belair ahead of WrestleMania? This this has driven me absolutely nuts for years and years and years. Like I remember Roman Reigns getting pinned by Seth Rollins ahead of his WrestleMania match against Brock Lesnar mm -hmm. and that being colossally stupid. And you know what? It's still stupid. It does it didn't make sense then, it doesn't make sense now, but they keep doing it cuz they haven't learned. Now, I've held up the number 4 here for for a little while mm -hmm. and this is kind of unrelated. There's still more regional segments, by the way. We've not done yet, but continue. I've got I've got the number four here mm -hmm. because first segment, the recap of Reginald, the mm -hmm. Reginald shopping, the commentary talking about Reginald, and the whole KO show. That is four segments that I feel you can cut, get rid of, and give to friggin' Andrade. <laughs> because you can't find a place for Andrade on these shows, but you've got four segments of people involving reginald or talking about reginald and that makes me really cross mm -hmm. and that's not the end of reginald on this show no no we'll get to that in a minute so immediately in the, the immediate aftermath of the the roll-up um bianca belair is a bit annoyed sasha banks is a bit annoyed and uh bianca on the outside starts blaming sasha for getting distracted by reginald you're like this is your fault. I told you to get rid of Reginald and to not keep playing up to him. And you keep doing it and you keep getting distracted. And that's why we lost, which is sort of true. 
But also, Bianca, you then got distracted by her, and you got rolled up, so you look like a bit of an idiot. Sasha looks like an idiot. The only people that don't look like idiots are Natalia and Tamina. And they're not even involved in this story. God! Anyway. And then they walk to the back, and I thought, at least, at least, there was some good expressions on Sasha's face. Like, ah, she's kind of right. I kind of screwed up here. Hmm. That Reginald does kind of suck. And then they undid all that with a backstage segment where they did exactly the same promo where Bier, uh, Belair blamed Banks and said, you really need to get rid of that Reginald. It's like, you've already said that. And then Banks said, no, no, it's your fault. You're the one that lost, rookie, and then walked away. And I'm like, guys, I feel like I'm caught in a time loop. What's happening? All of this is rubbish. Like, so bad. And... Banks versus Belair at Mania is such an open goal. How can you miss? How can you miss? But they're missing so hard. Oh, my oh, God. God. It makes me so angry. Um, and then, just to tie the Reginald bow on this show, there was another backstage segment with Reginald and Nia Jax. Make that five. Where, <laughs> where Reginald says, Nia, you're so great. You should challenge Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship next week on SmackDown. And Nia goes, that's a good idea. And then immediately afterwards, they announce and say, and that's official. Next week, it's Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Why? Why, why is that a thing? Okay. Nia pins Sasha Banks at Elimination Chamber, I believe, right? Might have to fact check me on that one. But I think Nia pinned Sasha at Elimination Chamber. So there's an argument. It's not a good one. But there's an argument that Nia has pinned the champion. Sure. Great. If you want to continue that sort of continuity that WWE never cares about. Sure. You can do that if you want to. Have you thought about like the rest of the story and how that fits in? Because spoilers, it doesn't. It, it doesn't fit in at all. And having Nia challenge Sasha ahead of Fastlane before their women's tag title match means that it could then be, in theory, Nia could win next week, become SmackDown Women's Champion. Belair and Banks could then win the women's tag titles so that it would be Belair versus Jax at WrestleMania while being half of the women's tag team champions. How could you get there from Belair versus Banks from the SmackDown Women's Championship at Mania? I I was really positive when we started this podcast. Uh-huh. We talked, I was like, you know what? I had a really good mood today. You know, mm-hmm. SmackDown wasn't as bad as I thought it was at the end. Going over yeah. it, like, oh my god. This Reginald stuff is just an absolute dumpster fire of yeah. pro wrestling. And every part of it is terrible. And I think we should probably move on now. Yeah, we should. We spent a lot on it. And I just want to clarify as well. I have nothing against the guy that plays Reginald. I'm sure he's a lovely person. I hate all of his booking and everything they're doing with him. It's not his fault. It's all of the booking surrounding him, though. It's the Reginald Vortex that just pulls everyone in and just removes and just sucks out all forms of storytelling. It's the worst. Makes me so mad. Anyway... That's enough Reginald for this show. Thank God. Um, somewhere in there, we had uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were backstage ahead of the KO show. And Sami Zayn was like, hey, 
you should be in this in my documentary. And Kevin was like, I'll think about it. And that was it. Um, if you want to reference, you know, longtime frenemies, sure. Cool. Not, not much to it other than that. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on. <laughs> um, I thought this I was going to be just, just a way to get Sami Zayn on the show, but then he was on the show again later. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. S- s- more things for KO to do? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's quickly move on. Uh, something that was good. Let's be positive. Something that was good. Power of Big E came back. Big E came back. And he cut a great promo when he came back. Super fired up, angry promo about the, how pinning Apollo now isn't enough. He's going to have to go Old Testament on him and he's going to have to end him. And I was like, that's great. Love that. Um, and then he was saying, I don't want to wait till fast lane. I want you to come out. I'll give you an Intercontinental Championship match right now if you come out here. And he didn't come out. And I was like, great. Don't do it too early. Perfect. Love that. And then he said, fine. You don't want to do it. I want to fight. So I'm going to do an open challenge. Uh, King Corbin came out and almost accepted it. And then Sami Zayn came out and snuck in and just said, I accept before Corbin could say it and just managed to get in the ring in time to win, which I thought was a cool way to do this. Whatever the Sami Corbin thing is that they're doing, it's a nice way to do it without having them wrestle. It's different. Um, and it led to Sami Zayn versus Big E, which was nice. So, yeah. yeah. Um, fun little match. Big E won just by getting fired up. He literally like ran through a, co- a clothesline from Sami Zayn, which is always a great spot. I'll always pop for that. And then uh, just hit a big ending and, and won. It was a fun little match. Lasted, what, five, ten minutes? Good good match. Liked it. Yeah, not not a whole lot to it, but I mean, they're both really good. So it was it mm-hmm. was good for what they had. I really <laughs> did like Sami Zayn kind of being like, no, 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 my match, yeah. my match. I do it because yeah. I, I do think that it is a funny trope. Where it's like, oh, we're gonna have a an open challenge, or whoever comes out first is gonna be the Intercontinental Championship challenger, or whatever. And Baron Corbin comes out and he just talks. He's like, oh, I'm King Corbin, and I will be taking this match, and blah blah blah, and doing a long drown out just monologue. Why doesn't someone just be like, oh, I'm here first? You know, yeah. take advantage of of someone doing that, and I really do. <laughs> I like the idea of Sami Zayn just being in the depths of the the building somewhere and sprinting to Gorilla, like I gotta get there first. I gotta get there. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of stuff I want to see in his documentary. Yes, not whatever his conspiracy great, yeah. thing. Just him full tilt sprint across the the Thunderdome to get there. It's tropical. Right, yeah. It's very big. They would turn that into a meme real quick. Um, after the match, after Biggie wins. Apollo Crews' music hits. Great acting from Big E. Instantly, as soon as that music hits, big smile across the face. He's like, oh, thank God, I get to beat him up. Amazing. And he's looking around for him. Where's he going to come from? And Apollo comes out from behind him and attacks him from behind. Uh, knocks him out with the steel stairs. Stands tall. And uh, they're going to have an Intercontinental Championship match at Fast Lane. I think Apollo's going to win. And I kind of want him to. I love Big E. But man... I'm really, I'm really invested in the feud. The one thing I really don't want him to do is do like a double, uh, uh, no, uh, dusty finish, like a, a no finish match mm-hmm. at Fast Lane, and then have a rematch at Mania. I think that would be a bit pants. Even worse would be if Biggie loses, and then they do a rematch at Mania anyway for the title, because I think that would be even worse. Um, and Biggie no, no, loses no. again at Mania. You know what the worst thing is? Mm-hmm. Apollo loses, mm-hmm. and then they just do a rematch at WrestleMania. Oh, that's no so reason. much worse. You're right. You're right. That's so much worse. 
Damn it. Thanks, Tempest. Appreciate it. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. also say really quickly, really small detail. I like that he stood on the steps afterwards. Mm -hmm. I don't know Me why. Too. I like that. I thought that was a nice touch. It's good visual. I like it. Really into this feud. Lots of like, it feels like a real legitimate kind of heat between them. It's really, really good. Yeah, really cool. Um, and then we had, yeah, the backstage segments and the main event contract signing that we've spoken about. So that was the show overall. <sighs> there was some good stuff in there. As we mentioned, there were some good matches and fun things. There was so much Reginald, though, and all the bits surrounding him, because he is the epicenter of this whole thing. Not Sasha Banks, not Bianca Belair, not the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Reginald is the epicenter of this whole feud. And God, it just dragged down everything else for me. Like I couldn't, I, I struggled to buy into a lot of other stuff because I was just so mad about Reginald. For me, this was a two out of five show. Like you've got to stop with the Reginald stuff. It's killing everything else. I I would probably agree. I was thinking because there was a point in the show where I tweeted how in the F do people think SmackDown is good? And you could probably guess that was like right in the thick of all that Reginald stuff. Oh, yeah. And it just it just absolutely drove me up the wall. But looking back on it, and we kind of said this before the show had started, where right there, I thought this was like the worst show I've ever seen. Looking back on it, I did like a lot of the stuff with Daniel Bryan and with Roman Reigns, and the Big E stuff was good, and the tag match was really fun. So on the whole, most of the show was pretty enjoyable, but there was just so much Reginald. And that brings it down to like a two out of five for me. And I wrote down as well, wondering, there's probably been something worse. But to me, this seems a lot like the Edge Booker T Japanese shampoo commercial, where you have two really good wrestlers in a WrestleMania match with an absolutely atrocious, stupid, nonsensical storyline attached to it. Mm -hmm. Why Reginald yeah. is the centerpiece of Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks I will never understand. No, I don't think I can. I mean, I understand. It's Vince. It's all the explanation you're going to get, I think. Uh, but let's get into the rest of your ultra chats. Let's see what you guys thought of the show. Uh, Matthew Robinson uh, comes in to say, uh, maybe with a two-day WrestleMania, you have Roman defend it two nights in a row. What do you guys think? That would be a stupid idea. No one should ever have to defend their title two nights in a row. Did you know that a Wrestle Jamia this year, um, the, the Jam That Champion is going to defend their belt two nights in a row? Um, I don't think that would work, personally. Uh, Roman defending it two nights in a row. It's an idea. I think it would be good for a babyface champion to do that um against two heels and two separate knights i don't think it works for roman necessarily yeah because i mean like they did this at wrestle kingdom this year mm -hmm. and last yeah uh where the iwgp heavyweight champion uh wrestled on the first night and then again on the second and i mean it worked out great i mean i think it would i think it would work i don't know how they would weave this into a storyline necessarily um because i'm sure you know again it doesn't really work that well for a heel to do it because that means that Brian would probably lose on the first night. And that's mm -hmm. just kind of like kind of sad, you know? So I do think it works better with a, a baby face champion going into things, but I mean, I've heard worse ideas, you know, getting yep. a match with Roman and Brian in a, in a big match at WrestleMania. 
I like that. And then Roman and Edge will be a really good match at WrestleMania. So I don't hate it. Yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, We've got Greg Murphy here that says, uh, also, how can Reginald tell Nia to go for a match? And five minutes later, there's a graphic saying she has a match. I'd love to know how many minutes he gets on TV compared to others. Can you remember a character in modern wrestling who was this bad? Yes. Uh, I'm sure there were lots. There's there's definitely been terrible. And the thing is, Reginald as a character isn't that bad. It's just everything surrounding him is terrible. His involvement in all the stories, like him as a character, him being Reginald isn't terrible. A guy who is a sommelier who does some flips. Cool. That's a fine character. He plays it well. All good. But it was that he got so much time to do nothing and is getting involved in everyone else's stories and just dragging them all down. That's the that's the bad bit. Um, Yeah. I, I would I would probably get some heat if I uh, said the the characters that I absolutely hate in pro wrestling because there's a couple mm-hmm. of them right now that I hate a lot more than Reginald. But again, mm-hmm. he's just so overexposed. It just it drives me nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Kevin comes in to say um, WWE. It's a nice WWE women's feud you have there. Be a shame if someone ruined it. <laughs> Out of all the things WWE could do, like AEW, they had to pick the women's division. Poor booking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good See, like I, i'm not gonna try and defend any of aew's booking of the women's division or anything but at least like when they do it it's fine like the storylines themselves aren't like offensive they're just not which, on tv which a lot. which, which, which storylines i'm curious have oh, there been yeah. storylines? <laughs> that's, that's the point, though. Like, you know, everything there is pretty basic. It's centered around the title and just who the challenger is going to be and whatnot. They're just not on TV a whole lot. It's yeah. not like, you know, they give this absolute ridiculousness of Reginald to, to Hikaru Shida and doing wacky comedy skits all the time. Oh, no more Reginald yeah. talk. I'm sure there's yeah. still going to be a lot, but... Oh, there's still some more, yeah. Uh, Steven Guzman says, uh, this episode of SmackDown I felt was the weakest in a long, long time, besides the Big <laughs> E stuff. Sasha saying... Oh, yeah, I forgot about this bit. Sasha saying, she's the Jordan, Bianca could be the LeBron, didn't make sense uh, as an insult at all. Not even as a passive-aggressive compliment. It was just nonsensical. You can elaborate more on this, because I don't NBA too hard, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Michael Jordan is kind of like the consensus greatest basketball player of all time he is in my opinion as well um and lebron is basically either number one a or mm-hmm. a close two right. and it it's kind of up for debate who people think is better but i think the general you know the general consensus is that jordan is better it's just so weird i wouldn't have put it like this if there were a team i would have said that jordan like if she had said, I'm Michael Jordan and you can be the Scottie Pippen, that would have been a, a much better insult to me because mm-hmm. they're a team, but it was clearly Batman and Robin in that situation right. where yeah. Jordan is the number one and Scottie Pippen is great, but he's clearly second in command here and he will never be as good as Jordan. And mm-hmm. I think that would have made a lot more sense because I mean, hey, I want to be LeBron James. That doesn't sound <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah. Uh, Matthew McFadden says, uh, Reginald... Uh, oh, hold on. I'm just going to read this real quick. Okay. Just going to preface this by saying this is not how we feel about it, but let's go with it. Reginald is like COVID. Those are the first words I saw, and I was like, mm, maybe mm. not, but it gets okay. 
Reginald is like COVID at the beginning of last year. Comes onto the scene, doesn't seem too bad, should be gone in a few weeks. Then it gets worse, grows more prominent, never goes away. It's showing up everywhere. You cannot escape Big Reg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, obviously not quite as deadly um, or serious, but yes, um, in theory, in those ways, yes. Um, uh, and we got some chats about Apollo and Big E. Um, Charles Berg says, really liked the Big E promo. Really enjoyed the personal conflict he was going through. Angry not only at what Apollo did, but angry that he must retaliate in kind. Also, when Reginald asked Naya how he can repay her, Naya said, my hole with her eyes. <laughs> oh, God. That's horrible. <laughs> That's terrible. That's awful. Don't want to think about that. Um, yeah. Uh, but yes, I did really like the Biggie promo, and I like the internal conflict he was going through. I do agree with you with that. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I also, if this somehow ends up being a stairs match, I hate the whole thing. But that's a big if. But it's, I, it's you know, it's something that WWE would probably do. When he picked up the stairs, and he started going into the ring with him, I was like, stairs match. <laughs> Don't do it, but stairs mm. match. Um, yeah. Uh, Steven Guzman says, also, is Biggie versus Apollo a regular match at Fastlane? Because uh, I can't see that working after Biggie's promo. Uh, it's a fair shout. Um, but if we're, if we're going to be having something like a last man standing for Drew and Sheamus at Fastlane, potentially, then I don't know if this would warrant... Because it would be kind of a similar um, stipulation. It, we could just be straight up Street Fight, um, and that could work. But You gotta we'll build. See. You gotta build. Have the regular match first, and then something else stop like, it tempest stop. hey i mean i they shouldn't I don't have more that. than one match but that's just me they're going to though. yeah yeah um it's a smith said uh main event scene is good and i like the biggie promo uh but the sammy corbin stuff uh took me out of it if biggie said both of you get down here and just destroy both of them it would have done so much more all the women stuff and reginald on sd was awful um yeah, that's fair. If Biggie was like, I don't care, I'll take both of you, and then beat them both up, that would have been cool. Um, I don't think it was bad necessarily what they did with the Corbin Sammy stuff, but that would have been nice. Yeah. I, d I didn't have any problems with it. Sammy Zayn doing what he did means that we didn't have to see Baron Corbin wrestle this week, and that's a plus mm -hmm. for me. That is, yeah. Uh, we got some general Wrestle Talk related ones here. Dartrain said, uh, Chopper dropped so many F bombs on his five minute review. I thought I was watching Quizzlemania. I'm so glad you earn a living watching this S word so I don't have to. Jam that jam. I did. So, funnily enough, I was quite mad about the whole Reginald stuff. Did get a bit sweary on the uh, old review, but luckily we can censor that. Um, Matthew Robinson said, uh, Glad to see SmackDown Podcast live again and to have Tempest on. You guys are both amazing. Thank you very much. You. Um, yeah, Temp is just filling in this week for Andy, but Andy will be back next week. But yes, we still will continue to be live. Um, Matthew Mikowski said, uh, continued from the last one, I think. How dare I compare Charlotte to this? Um, oh, he's talking about um, Charlotte compared to Brian being inserted in the triple threat with Charlotte being inserted in the triple threat before that. Right. I'll just check before. Uh, how dare I compare Charlotte to this? Uh, to Tempest, Predictions on the semifinals for New Japan Cup. I'll see Evil versus Shingo and Osprey versus Jay. Then Shingo versus Osprey final. Also, early prediction on the G1. Also, Akada Shingo banged. Yes, it certainly did. If anybody wants a New Japan match from the last like week or two to go back and watch, that's definitely the one. Okada and Shingo are just amazing. Um, mm -hmm. it, there's a lot to that question. It, I'm going to try and not take up a lot of time. I don't know who's going to end up in the semifinals. I do think Osprey and Shingo is the final of the New Japan Cup. Uh, there's history there. They've had multiple five-star matches. It's great stuff. Uh, I do 
think that uh, I think an Osprey win in the New Japan Cup would do a lot for him right now with his new character. Needs a big win. I think that would do it. As far as the G1 goes, ah, it's still so early to be thinking about the G1. It all depends on kind of who's who's in the mix at that point. Right now, I, I have no idea. Really, uh, no, never mind. Jay White. Jay White's winning the G1 this year. Good prediction. Um, Jericho Titan said, uh, here's an interesting observation. When we talk about WWE, we come across as cynical and mad with a few exceptions. When we talk about AEW, we come across as very positive. One is as a fan. The other is as a critic. It's true. Mainly. Well, when you're talking about Ollie and Luke reviewing AEW, they're fans. So they, they talk about it. Ollie has quite openly said, it's one of my favorite things in my life right now is AEW. So yes, he's a fan of it. Um, yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, I just try to watch the shows and see what I think of them, and this is what I think of them, so. Yeah. It's a fine line to walk where, like, yeah, I'm a fan of AEW, and typically I'm not really a fan of WWE in general, but that doesn't mean if WWE does something good, I'm going to hate on it for no reason. You know, yeah. it's just like, on the whole, AEW does a lot more things good than wwe in my opinion so and that's yeah. just kind of how that's how opinions work you know yeah, that doesn't mean you're biased that just means that you think that that one thing was better than that one thing and we've yeah. seen a lot more one than the other yep uh matthew robinson said uh, tempest quick question for AEW: with the forbidden door open what would you have as a game plan for the first two people coming over from new japan once they can um, well, I kind of touched on some of this in my video on Tempest the Wrestler, the YouTube channel that I uh, run, of uh, just what to expect from the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, relationship. So check that out if you haven't already. But there is so many possibilities here. I think you have to wait for fans to be back. Not necessarily like the very first show, but you can do that if you want. Where if you got a full building, Kenny Omega's wrestling in the main event, and he wins one, two, three, celebrating, lights go out, wait a few seconds, and then you hear Okada's coin drop. Just the, the ping, Okada comes out, and that's the that's the first one. Mm -hmm. I think you do Okada Omega 5 first on a oh. big pay-per-view in a big and you have to like you have to do that the first week after a pay-per-view, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So timing-wise, yeah. you gotta kind of make that work. But you need time to build because you can sell out any building in North America with that match. Because you know the any, history. Yeah. Any building? Any building. Like a 100K building? Mm -hmm. You reckon? I, I truly believe so. If they booked that match in a football stadium, they would sell it out. That's a that's a claim. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, if they, if they build it up as like part of like a double or nothing or something like that, I reckon, yeah. They could maybe yeah. do that. That'd be interesting. That, that's um, the first match. Yeah. Um, so you'd be tempted to say Kota Ibushi, but I think they should wait on that for as long I as they can. I think that's more long term. Like, yeah, that's definitely more long term stuff. Um, and final uh, ultra chat for today, Misha Sumra. Hello. Said uh, can't listen live, but wanted to say that uh, getting Tempest is an A plus choice. More please. Hashtag Team Tempest. Um, yeah. Tempest is great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Tempest. the support. I really do. So I've got an email here, Mr. Tempest, from Finn, who emails in to say, 
dear Pete, Andy, uh, and all the lovely folks at Wrestle Talk. Hope you're all doing well, as I do everyone listening. Um, also, if you've not been listening to the SmackDown podcast, Tempest, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's the best podcast on Wrestle Talk, obviously. Um, quite regularly, we get people to email in, and one of the things that people have been emailing in is their embarrassing crush stories. So stuff that you've done to impress someone you like that's really stupid um, when you were you know, younger and much more naive and stuff. So we've got one here from Finn uh, that says, uh, I wanted to make my submission to the pile of awkward crush stories and thought there's no better story than my first kiss story. So strap in. So I was about 14 years old and it was 2010-ish. With the guys I used to hang out with, I was exposed to the world of YouTube and it was at a time when professional YouTuber was first becoming a thing. I was a bit of a nobody in school and wasn't really good at talking to girls, but I did talk to this one girl. Let's call her Leifa. I'm hoping Irish listeners will get that joke. I really liked her and wanted to ask her to be my first kiss. In typical awkward teenager fashion, I was too shy to ask her to kiss me, so my friend did it for me. To my surprise, she said yes. We organized to meet up after school and kiss then. I was so giddy and excited that my friends and I joked about filming it and put it on YouTube. Oh no. Fast forward to the end of school and my two friends and I meet her and her friend, and then it happens. We kiss and eventually stop. We look at each other. I realize something. I turn to my friends and say, we forgot to video it. I can still remember the look on her face. She was not happy. Needless to say, we didn't really speak much after that. Thanks for your time, Finn. (laughs) Thank you for the email, Finn. Thank you, Finn. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. He says he's 14 at the time. That sounds Mm -hmm. very middle school. Uh-huh. It sounds like you're in eighth grade and just, oh, mm-hmm. that's the pretty girl in class. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That, it, it's rough because that as well. And like the whole, we're going to arrange a time for us to kiss after school. Like that's one, adorable. And two, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. And the thing is, though, the whole YouTube first, like becoming a proper thing. I was exposed to it. I was obviously a little bit older at the time in 2010. But um, yeah, at the time as well, on, and a couple of years before that, I was kind of exposed to the whole, well, anyone could be famous on YouTube kind of bug that went around the school and all that. So I had a couple of friends who used to try and do videos in the style of like, um, uh, like Ray William Johnson, like equals three type deal of like commentary on videos and stuff. One guy got absolutely rinsed for it. It's so bad looking back on it now, because a dude was just trying to have some fun and just make a video. And everyone was like, you suck at that. And he was like, oh. But he was actually pretty good. But everyone just ragged on him because it was different and it was an easy target. Felt terrible for him. But yeah, that I can I can relate to that whole YouTube being a being a thing around that time. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, I want to say that this individual Finn uh, was likely the same age as me, perhaps a year older, because I mm-hmm. turned fourteen in twenty ten, and mm-hmm. I remember that whole era. You know, you had you had Ryan Higa doing his how to be ninja videos and mm-hmm. you had the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. Like it was very prehistoric YouTube, but it was still really like endearing and fun at the time. So I definitely yes. understand the appeal of 2010 YouTube. But man, like some parts of that story are just like really really adorable just to look back <laughs> on i'm sure it's not the same thing for him necessarily yeah yeah because it happened to totally. him but not even talking to the girl mm-hmm. but just being like will you be my like asking her out to be the first kiss <laughs> yeah. is probably my favorite part I exactly yeah 
It's not it's not even spontaneous. I love it. Um, but uh what was the other bit as well? Um yeah, also kind of creepy. If you if you did end up filming it and putting it on YouTube, look at these two 14-year-olds kiss. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a bit questionable. If you if you look back on it these days, I'm sure it's hilarious at the time, but eh, that's a bit yeah. problematic these days. Yeah, I would have yeah. had less of course, that's still an issue, but I would have had a less of an issue with the whole thing if that was like a mutual agreement between the two of them. Like both friend groups thought that was a fun idea, but when <laughs> it was clear at the end that that she wasn't interested in that idea, that makes it that much worse. And also, the the friends were just kind of spectators for this kiss. Yeah, it's, just, it's a bit weird, that, isn't it? Oh well, fourteen-year-olds. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, I kind of, I kind of well, get that part. Yeah. Not, not that that's something that I would do or would have done, <laughs> but in yeah. middle school, anything somewhat newsworthy draws a crowd. That's true. Yeah, that no, you make a good point. That's true. That that could have gone to a very bad place, but you managed to save it. Well done, Tempest. Proud of you. Um, do you have any embarrassing crush stories to add to the uh, to the pile here that you'd be willing to share? Oh, I probably have so many. Um, <laughs> uh, like I don't have, I don't have any that are like fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There was, there's a lot of like uh, someone found out who my crush was in eighth grade and like told everyone, and that wasn't mm-hmm. super fun. Yeah. Um, so that was embarrassing, but also not a particularly fun story. It's kind of fun to look back on now, but. What can you yeah. do? Um, is, is there anything that you did to try and like impress someone that you liked that was really dumb, but you thought like, well, this will definitely work? <laughs> well, one <laughs> one thing did work, and it wasn't that long ago. Okay, um, interesting. Oh. Yeah, but, so, but you're young, so it's fine. Yeah this this was a this was a few years ago. This was like three or four years ago. And this was right before I started dating my most recent girlfriend mm-hmm. and had a huge crush on her, really liked her. And we were talking all the time. And she let slip that she still slept with the nightlight. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, just something that she did. And she sure. was also a huge, huge fan of the Jonas Brothers. Right. So her birthday came up. And I went on Etsy and got her a custom-made Jonas Brothers nightlight. Nice. And that was my gift to her. And, yeah. uh, I mean, thankfully, uh, in a wholesome positive story, that seems to be one of the things that won her over at the time. Wow. So, Hey, I, guess, I, I wouldn't guess call that embarrassing. That's, that's solid. Embarrassing. That's, just, that's just good gift giving right there. That's just like, you like this thing? You like this other thing? How about both of them at the same time? That's just that's solid, uh, solid friendship right there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call that embarrassing at all. You've ruined the whole segment, Tempest. It's oh, supposed sorry. to be embarrassing. See, one of mine, because obviously you've not been listening to the SmackDown podcast because you're a traitor. Um, one, my one of the stories that I had was um, I this was I think this is when I was in like primary school, whatever that is for you guys. Very young, um, maybe like nine or ten. Sure. I don't know. Um, had a crush on this girl, right? So what I did was I uh, purposefully tripped over their chair leg um, that she, on her chair that she was sitting on 
so that she would turn around and be like, oh my God, are you okay? And then we'd start talking and totally, you know, just like be together for the rest of our lives. Um, of needless to say, didn't work. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, oh no, I think we've probably deleted the email now of the best story that we ever got on this segment. I'm going to see if I can recap it from here. So a guy was working in a supermarket, right? And liked a girl that he worked with. So what he did was he went into the, the freezer section of the of the back of the store and kind of did what I did in terms of tripping up on the chair leg, but took that to the extreme in that he locked himself into the freezer and then oh, put no. boxes of like fish fingers and stuff all over him as if stuff had fallen on top of him and was laying on the floor waiting for her to come find him to check up on him. And it's the best. <laughs> it's the absolute best. That's a tad excessive. And as someone who's worked in a place with like a walk-in freezer, mm-hmm. you can't be in there for very long no. before that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It it's some dedication, let me tell you. It's some real dedication to the cause. Um, I can't remember. I don't think it worked, funnily enough. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, if you guys want to email in your stuff, please do. Support at WrestleTalk.com is the place to email. Give us stuff to talk about um, because it's not that much going on. Lockdown and everything, our lives are quite boring. Having said that, it's a new person on the podcast. So, Tempest, how has your life been? We haven't discussed that in ever because you've not been on the podcast. How is it going with everything? Honestly, things right now are going quite well, Pete. You know, right. things... Of course, lockdown, you have your good days, your bad days, your good weeks, your bad weeks. But right now I've been having a stretch of good weeks and that's good. I like the positivity. And honestly, it's it has a lot to do with just managing stress levels, not worrying about things that I can't control. Obviously, I started my YouTube channel, Tempest the Wrestler. Please subscribe. And that's just been very encouraging and a good positive thing to keep me going and creatively motivated and in the meantime, like just having good people around and being able to keep in contact with uh, with people who care and and that sort of thing. So I really have no complaints right now, other than it being almost the exact one year anniversary of the world stopping. Yeah, God, it's been a year, hasn't it? Jesus. It has. Um, it has. Yeah. See, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting because everyone has like their own date in their mind of when mm. the world truly stopped, you know, because. I think it was like March 11th is when Rudy Gobert and of the, the Utah Jazz and Tom Hanks both tested positive on the same day. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the spark that, that set the fire. The NBA shut down. And that was really like North America shutting down in quick fashion. So a lot of people think it's that day. The next day, the next day when the week ended, uh, the following Monday, of course. But for me, March 14th was the day mm-hmm. that I had my first wrestling match. Oh, okay. That, that was the last day that I went outside for about two months. Yeah. And so to me, March 14th is that day where it was the last normal day. And of course, mm-hmm. that's coming up tomorrow. So it'll be it'll be interesting to look back. But it was yeah. a really special day in the history of my life, followed <laughs> by the worst thing that's happened <laughs> in any of our lifetimes. Yeah, I think... Uh... For me, it must have been what March twenty. It was March twenty third. Was No Fans Monday the show that we right. did um, before, and that would have been the last time that I did like 
basically anything because I think at that point we started working from home. So probably March 23rd would have been the last like that's it kind of a moment. And then, yeah, lockdown from there. Jesus, it's been a whole year. But if we're going to continue on the positive train, um, you've set up your YouTube channel, Tempest the Wrestler. I've been streaming a lot. Twitch.tv slash PQ. They're also going to plug that. I got my first payout from Twitch today. So that's hey. nice since I've started streaming again. So I got that's good. Also, I might be able because I've been living with my parents for a little while for reasons. I might be able to get back to my flat before the end of the month. Wow. Which means I'm going to be, you know, living by myself again and all that stuff, which is going to be great. I'm genuinely really looking forward to it. And he thinks I'm a psycho because he cannot stand living by himself and being like by himself in his flat and stuff. I love it. I love having my alone time and stuff like that. Obviously, I'd like to have friends around and stuff all the all the time if I could. But being alone, love that. And it means I get to do stuff that I've wanted to do for a while, but I haven't had the capability to and stuff like that. Like, I really want to get into voice acting and things like that which is really hard when you're living with other people because you need to, you know, do voice acting and it can be really loud. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm I'm excited um, towards the end of this month because then that means I can do some more stuff that I couldn't do before. So positivity, that's yeah. fun. All aboard the positivity train, choo-choo. Choo-choo, absolutely. Um, that's probably the time we've got for this episode of the WrestleTalk podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Tempest, for filling in for Andy. Hopefully we'll get you back at some point soon. Andy will be back next week, though, um, so we won't have Tempest ne- next week. Sad. But hopefully we can get Tempest back at some point soon. Um, yeah, and thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with more content coming soon. We're gearing up for Fast Lane next weekend. We're going to be having live reactions on Rest Stop Podcast channel as well, of course. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We love you very much. Stay safe. Take care of each other. And we'll hopefully see you guys in another episode. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.